Welcome everyone to Force of Nature Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew D. Hamilton, and I'm here with my co-host, David Botcher. Terrific. So this week on the pod, we have our third edition of Recent Animal Stories and Attacks. All right. Uh, I really like these episodes uh, where every two months we go over some of our favorite stories that have happened. Yeah. This week we will cover stories from September to October. And we have some great stories for everyone this week. Uh, Our first two editions are actually some of our highest viewed episodes. So it looks like everyone enjoys them. So we will keep doing them. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, and we also have a special uh, performance uh, by Dave that we will. <laughs> You're really gonna play that? Yeah, we're gonna put that. At the... <laughs> we're gonna put that at the at the end of the show. Uh, Dave recorded some voices that he used for Halloween, and I I, I really liked them. They're really funny. So we're gonna add them to the very end, kind of like a after the credits bonus is where we'll put it. <laughs> so be sure to stay tuned th- throughout the whole episode. I also hope everyone enjoyed last week's Halloween special about werewolves. That was a good one. I enjoyed that. That was fun to dip into some mythology. And I think it's something we might do a little more often or sometime in the future, like talk about animals. We can cover Bigfoot. We could do Loch Ness Monster, Chupacabra. I mean, there's lots of other um, avenues to go through there. So we might play that mythology card every once in a while. Yeah, we should. Yeah, I was in uh, uh, when I was in New Jersey. The Jersey Devil was Jersey Devil. We We could talk talk about that one. So there's there's lots to cover on that end. So we'll we'll get to that stuff. Uh, And as always, we we want to thank all of our listeners. Uh, We also have a couple of shout outs to give. Hi, right on. Uh, to people who have left us reviews. So if you can, please do that for us. Go to iTunes, subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars, say something nice. It actually really does help us out and get noticed and get us more listeners. And you know what? It makes me and Dave feel good about ourselves. So please go ahead and do that. It, it only takes 30 seconds. And if you don't have iTunes, you can do it on our Facebook. That works just as well. Yeah. So are you ready to get started, Dave? I'm ready. Okay. So, for our first story, let's go to Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Ooh. You ever been there? No. I've never been there either. Uh, it looks pretty cool, though. It looks like a pretty cool place. I would I would like to go there. Uh, now, Dave, we haven't had a shark story since our shark episodes, five and six. So, how about we do our... Uh, we talk about a shark attack. Okay. And for... Isn't, if, that, isn't, isn't that where Jaws took place? I was in Massachusetts. Uh, was it Massachusetts or it was Maine? Somewhere there. Was it Maine or Massachusetts? Somewhere around remember. that area. But uh, for anybody who doesn't know, Dave has a fear uh, of very. He's very fearful of sharks. Yeah, I'm gonna have to figure out what that's called. What phobia that is? It's gotta have sharknophobia. No, <laughs> I'm sure that's not it. But that's what Dave has. <laughs> But let's talk about uh, this attack, and you know what? It is the very first fatal shark attack in Massachusetts since 1936. Wow. Yes. And this happened on Saturday, September 15th. Let's meet our, yeah, just a little over a month ago. Let's meet our unfortunate victim. He is a 26-year-old man named Arthur Medici. He is from Revere, Massachusetts. Hmm. Now, on this day, Arthur and a friend were boogie boarding around noon at the Newcomb 
Hollow Beach oh, there crap. in Cape Cod. They were only boogie boarding. They were only oh, boogie boarding. Not no. sure. <laughs> There, there isn't much info about the attack itself. Uh, we don't know exactly what happened other than he was attacked while boogie boarding. But his friend then dragged Arthur on the beach after he was attacked. People on the beach attempted to save him, including CPR, and they applied tourniquets. Uh, Arthur was then taken to Cape Cod Hospital, where he was pronounced dead. Oh, man. I wish I had more information on the actual attack, but there just isn't any. But uh, after the attack, the beach was closed for the following day. That's natural. That seems to always happen. Uh, About Arthur a bit, said by his family and friends, Arthur was a very happy young man. He loved life. He was an active member of a Christian church, devoting his life to the Lord. He loved hiking, biking, surfing, and various other sports. He was always joyful and willing to help others. Uh, so he sounds like a cool, regular guy. Oh, and he was also engaged at the time oh, he man. died. Uh, his family set up a GoFundMe page that has over $16,000 already. Wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. So the authorities believe the culprit is take your guess what kind great white yeah they believe it is a great white shark there has been somewhat of a reassert resurgence of great white shark populations in the area over the last few recent years it's believed to be because there is now there's the seal population has also risen and there's a thriving seal seal population off of cape cod so that's obviously going to attract the the sharks so that makes sense that'll do it yeah Uh, and like i said the last fatality from a shark in massachusetts was in 1936 when a teenage boy was fatally bitten while swimming so not a, a shark attack area really cape cod but however a month before this attack there was another attack uh, just four miles north of where Arthur was at. Gee. Yeah. Uh, this was on a 61-year-old New York man, and he was severely injured, but he should be recovered by now. Oh, okay. So, Dave, if you remember in our shark episode, episode five, we went over the 2017 shark attack report. Uh-huh. In 2017, there were 88 unprovoked attacks resulting in five deaths. Okay. And that's worldwide. You want to know where we're at for 2018 right now? Uh, about the same? Actually, so this year, there have been 39 reported unprovoked attacks. Oh, that's So cool. far. Okay. we got a couple more months. Well, who's going to be swimming? In... Well, I guess you still got Brazil, man. Yeah, that's what's worldwide. <laughs> Australia. And... That's true. <laughs> So, yeah, unprovoked attacks and only three deaths so far this year. Oh, okay. Uh, one Cape Cod, and there was also one in Brazil and Ooh. one in Egypt. Oh, wow. So, yeah. If you haven't checked out our shark attack episodes or our shark report episode, go check out episode eight, uh, six. Yeah, no, five, and then Shark Attack Stories is number six. They're both yeah. good episodes, so check those out if you guys haven't. But guess what, Dave? That's not our only Shark Attack story this week. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, you, I know you love these ones Jeez. so much, and you're really not going to like this one. Oh, great. Because, well, it takes place in your favorite place oh, in the world. great. So that's California. Oh. In Encitas? 
Encinitas. Encinitas, California, which is about 25 miles north of San Diego. Yeah, I'm aware of where it is. <laughs> I don't think I need to hear more. Oh, no. And it happened on September 29th. That's a Saturday. Uh, so we meet a 13-year-old boy. Oh. They never released his name because he's minor. Uh, the attack happened before 7 a.m., about... 150, 200 yards from Beacons Beach. I've never been, never been there. Okay. Uh-uh. And the boy is diving for lobsters. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he wasn't the only one out there this time. There were... Well, I would hope not. <laughs> there were around 30 other people out there catching lobsters as well. I guess Gee. it's uh, lobster season there. Oh. One witness who ends up helping the boy was nearby on a kayak and his name is chad hamill chad heard the boys scream out mm. i got bit help help wow not knowing what was really happening or the extent of any injuries chad and his buddy got the boy up into their kayak the man saw the boy's clavicle collarbone was ripped open oh wow Chad says, and I quote, Once we threw him up on the kayak and started heading in, that's when I looked back, and the shark was behind the kayak. Oh my goodness. That's pretty nuts, huh? Yeah. To see the silhouette of the shark. Gee. So, lifeguards were on duty, and within a quarter mile of the incident, uh, with the lifeguard... A uh, lifeguard showed up uh, with the, in a lifeguard truck and arrived on the scene and started providing first aid right away. Like, that's pretty yeah. close proximity, so that was that's good. Paramedics arrived soon after, and the boy was taken to the hospital. The boy was conscious and talking on the beach the whole time and on the way to the hospital. At the hospital, the boy was labeled in critical condition, which is bad. Yeah. That's like a step, a step above death, isn't it? Not above death. No, critical or, means you're 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 yeah, in danger you're, of death. Yeah, yeah, a step above. Like there's death, there's critical. Oh, gotcha. Okay. okay. <laughs> if death is at the bottom, <laughs> yeah, death is at the bottom. We'll say. Yeah. Uh, so it, he was in critical condition. Uh, he was then downgraded to serious condition a day later. So uh, I couldn't find okay. anything on how he's doing now, but let's hope he recovered fully. Yeah. Uh, once again, the identity of the shark is unknown. Oh. That seems that's a kind of a common thing with shark attacks is people don't really get it. And it might take quite a while to have investigating to see like the bite size of the person, <laughs> on, you know. Well, yeah. What are they going to do? Hold off. Hold on. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't, don't work give on them first yet. aid yet. I got to see what this was. <laughs> it's, you know, there's a lot of sharks in that area, but mainly they're just leopard sharks and they're pretty docile. They are, I'm they're smaller. Pretty sure it wasn't a that leopard shark. I'm still going to guess a great white. A great white on him? Oh, yeah. Oh, I think he would have... No, he would have taken the kid's shoulder off. I, I mean, it could have been a smaller great white. We don't know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we can speculate all day. But if yeah. you remember from our shark episode, uh, like two-thirds of all shark attacks were from great whites. Remember that? That's true, yeah. And the, most fatalities came from them. There was It was really interesting uh, information. Like, I was surprised by a lot of all that. Mm. I thought bull sharks would actually have the most attacks, but no, great whites do buy a lot. Gee. So once again, check out episodes five and six <laughs> if you want to learn more about sharks. 
Uh, and you know, sharks are going to come up again. I've actually been thinking about having a solo episode on our shark species sometime soon. We need to kick back up sharks again. Uh, maybe when you we'll... say solo, you mean by yourself, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're going to be here. Oh. Right and I'm thinking maybe a bull shark or a tiger shark we'll talk about. Okay. Well, yeah, that'll, that's uh, like I say every week. We're going to have a future episode on that. <laughs> um, so let's get into our next story. Our next story is is different, and it's not okay. an attack on a human, but it's a, it's a very odd story. Oh, interesting. Oh, okay. So this one happened around October twentieth, and it happens at the Indianapolis Zoo. Hmm. Let's meet two lions. Okay. A lioness named Zuri. She is twelve, and a male lion named Nyak. He is ten. Hmm. Now, these lions have shared an enclosure for eight years and have never shown aggression towards each other. And three years ago, the pair even had three cubs together. Oh, wow. Uh, Staff of the zoo say they heard an unusual amount of roaring at the lion's outdoor yard early that morning. When they arrived, they saw Zuri and Nyak in a physical confrontation. Zoo personnel made every effort to separate the lions, but Zuri held Nyak by the neck. So the female held the male by the neck until he stopped moving. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. The zoo veterinary staff conducted an autopsy on Nyak, and he died from suffocation. Well, you know, which is a typical way for lions to kill prey and I guess partners too. Gee. So the real question here is why did why did she, this happen? Why did she kill her partner? <laughs> I've got a few. Well, maybe he was like, I'm tired of you. You're suffocating me. You think I'm suffocating? I'll show you suffocation. <laughs> I mean, they do have to constantly live with each other. You can't yeah. get a break. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he looked at a leopard the wrong way. So I don't know. <laughs> well, that question was asked to Professor Craig Packer, the director of the University of Minnesota's Lion Research Center. That's a, <laughs> that's a mouthful, isn't it? Yeah. So he said, uh, this sort of attack is unprecedented. Mm. And I quote, we've seen examples of males killing females. And groups of males, or excuse me, groups of females chasing away males, but a single female killing a male, never heard of it. Wow. So that's something. But Professor Packer suspects the individual lion's personality has played a role. Hmm. So in the wild, males totally dominate females, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Nyack was born in captivity, so that possibly didn't give him that dominant personality as much oh, okay. okay so that's in contrast to zuri was more dominant uh than a typical female mm. so maybe there was an issue with that but they remember they've lived together for eight years yeah uh also zuri was only 25 pounds lighter than nyak wow yeah uh she weighed in at 325 which is uh, which that's on the heavy side for a female Oh. And Nyback uh, was 350, which is kind of more on the lighter side for a male. Oh, okay. Not too much, but a little bit. Uh, also, apparently, Zuri attacked Nyback twice. 
The first time, he ran off and re- then he returned be- uh, behaving very submissively. Mm. Uh, only for her to attack him again. And that's where Gee. that's where she ended going for the neck and killing him. Wow. But ultimately, until there are other cases, there's no way to know what caused this to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It just has to be personalities, I would guess. I it's that's a tough one. I mean, that doesn't happen normally. No. Uh, did, they, did they say what they're gonna do with the yeah, lioness? Yeah, I got that. What's her name? Zayat. Zuri. Zuri. Yeah, this did happen in. So this happened in the early morning before visitors were there. Oh, that's so good. That's good. A quote from a spokesperson from the zoo says, "It's like the loss of a family member. We have." A lot of heartbroken people right now. We are working to support each other and care for the animals we love. Hmm. Oh, so that's, you know, that, that is a sad thing. Yeah. Uh, also, the zoo has no current plans to change the way uh, the lions are kept after. Hmm. Fair so enough. they'll probably introduce another one then, huh? Then, or do you think I, I don't know. They're going to they're gonna give us some time here. I think she needs some alone time. Yeah. But a really interesting story here. Also, as far as I know, Zuri will continue to live at the zoo. Okay. She's not, there was nothing about her being put down in any of the articles that I read. Okay. But yeah, that's a, that's an odd story. Yeah, that's crazy. Man, you never know. I guess, I guess eight years is too much for lions. I don't know. (laughs) They don't even, see their, their average lifespan is only like 13. In the, in captivity, it's typically a little bit longer. Maybe fifteen, but in contrast to like humans, that's like sixty years, fifty, yeah. sixty years with a person. Gee, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, for our next story, we are going to go to South Africa. We've been to South Africa many times so far. Uh, this story happens on September thirteenth. Okay. Now this is actually the second time we've covered an attack from this animal. And it's one an animal that you wouldn't expect. The, the animal is a giraffe. Wow. Yeah, we, we covered a giraffe attack story, I believe, on our first edition of this. Okay. Uh, it was called, we called it the headbutt of doom. Uh, when a film director suffered a headbutt from a giraffe and died. Do you remember wow. that one? Wow. I think that was episode three. So, now, no one dies in this story, but very easily could have. Let's meet Katie Williams. She is 35, and her son, Finn, who is three. Okay. Katie is a wildlife biologist and lives at Blyde Wildlife Estate near Kruger National Park. She lives there with her husband, Dr. Kruger National Park sounds dangerous. Yeah, Kruger's (laughs) a big national park. It's one of the most famous ones. Like I say every week, we're going to have a, a Kruger National Parks uh, episode. Oh, are we? Okay. Yeah, we, we're, we're going to do that. <laughs> but anyway, Sam, her, she lives with her husband, Dr. Sam Williams. Sam is actually not with them when this attack happens, so he's he's not accounted for. But Katie, along with Finn, went into a wooded section, uh, went into a clearing, and instantly a giraffe came at them. I don't wow. know if they knew the giraffe was there or not. Uh, I'm un- it doesn't say. Hmm. Uh, she had nowhere to go, nowhere to run, and nothing that she could do. The They were both, Katie and Finn, were both kicked by the giraffe. Ah. Now, 
like have you ever seen a horse kick or yeah. a zebra kick or something like that? Mm-hmm. That is some serious damage. It could easily kill a person in one hit. Now think of a giraffe with Jeez. all that extra leverage. And... It's like a trebuchet versus a <laughs> uh, what's the other a catapult? You know, yeah. it's, <laughs> these huge long things. But, you get uh, some serious air. <laughs> yeah, I mean a giraffe. Giraffes can be seriously uh, dangerous. I saw I saw a video of. Uh, uh, they had a female lion uh, sitting on the grass, and giraffe charges it, and so it leaps up, like oh, <laughs> trying okay. to get it. I think, and I'm... the thing, the the giraffe just goes over like a steamroller. Yeah. It's just like like that three hundred and fifty pound lion was nothing. No, it nothing. jumps up trying to get the giraffe, and next thing you know, bam, giraffe yeah. hits it, hits the gir- giraffe's chest, hits it, and it rolls. And then goes to the ground, and its feet are you know mm-hmm. tromping all over. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness! I've, yeah, I've seen stuff like that before. Lions, so yeah, I can't imagine what a maybe a hundred and fifty pound woman with her yeah, child exactly. Ugh. So a colleague of hers was on the scene and said, "I can assure you that Katie would never have deliberately put herself or Finn in danger." Now, also. We hold no judgment against the giraffe. This is just the way nature is, and we accept that. That's so actually did, a good tagline. So did they die? Was it? No, I'm going to get to okay. it. Oh, okay. But I, I kind of like that line I he says. You were, I thought you were describing a eulogy or something. <laughs> I like I like that line he says. This is just the way nature is. Yeah. That's, that could be a tagline. Like That's the way nature is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Katie, who is a Baltimore native, she suffered serious injuries, and so did Finn. In fact, Katie was in a coma for a while, Ooh. and Finn required brain surgery after this. Oh, wow. So, yeah, like I said, kicks from a giraffe are no joke. A female giraffe can weigh in around uh, 2,100 pounds, so over 2,000 pounds, Jeez. over a ton uh, their kick, I mean, they got, like, can easily kill a human, a lion, anything, really. Whoa. The giraffe may have interpreted Katie and Finn as a threat to her young calf. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, don't mess with mama. There's no. going to be another mama story. Oh, yeah? Yeah. At the very end, so we'll get, we'll get to that one later. Okay. Uh, all I have on the recovery of Katie and Finn are that they are alive. <laughs> Oh, good. Katie woke up from a coma and was able to communicate. Oh, that's good. Uh, Finn was in stable condition after surgery and was taken off a ventilator a few days later. But oh, that's okay. still, that was pretty Making serious progress. injuries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, and either it kicked him straight in the head, which means somehow the giraffe has excellent aim, even though its head's, what, 20 yeah, feet up I'm, from the legs? I don't know. I, I wish or I could... Or else it launched them and their heads hit the ground or something. Sounds possible, too. I, I really don't know that aspect of it, but it would be interesting to figure yeah. out. But, all right, let's move away from giraffes. Uh, our next story is actually a, a callback to episode 15, where we talked about hunting accidents. Okay. And I wanted to include at least one hunting accident story in this episode, because we're kind of making them a regular part of the show. Yeah. So I have one quick story, and actually my dad sent me this story this morning. Oh, okay. Uh, So I found it, looked it up, and I liked it. So let's go over it. We are going to Las Las Cruces, New Mexico, on October 30th, so just two days ago. Oh, wow. We meet a man named Sonny Gilligan, 
Okay. <laughs> That's a good name, huh? Yeah. He is 74 years old. Uh, Sonny went jackrabbit hunting with his three dogs, Charlie, Cowboy, and Scooby. Nice. I like everyone's names yeah. in this in this uh, story so far. Sonny Gilligan. That's a that's a good name. Yeah. Uh, all right. What happens here is a total freak accident. Like huh. uh, nobody. Uh, it's, it's just one of those crazy freak accidents you can't really do anything about. Hmm. So Sonny was sitting in the driver's seat of his truck, and the dogs were in the back seat uh, along with his rifle. Charlie, uh, one of his dogs, Charlie's paw got caught in the trigger and the gun went off. Oh. The bullet went through the seat and hit Sonny in the back. Oh my goodness. Isn't that, yeah, that's nuts. Uh, Sonny uh, was able to call 911 through this after he got shot. Gee. Uh, deputies were on the scene very quickly, and Sonny was flown to an El Paso hospital, and he has recently been moved out of intensive care. Oh, okay. That's so he, he survives. Wait, so what kind of gun do they use to shoot, to hunt jackrabbits? I would think it was a shotgun. No, no. You, normally you would use a rifle. You can use a twenty-two. Oh, wow. It doesn't okay. say what caliber he got shot with, uh, but it's going to be a lower one, more of a varmint hunting. So a oh, 20 okay. too long. Yeah, that would be just fine okay. for jackrabbits. You know, that's that sounds like the uh, in the hunting episode, you had one where the, the, dog, the dog yeah hits the safety at the same time. And then shoots the, the duck hunter in the yeah. back. <laughs> Gee. It happens a little more yeah, common than you think, I guess. Yeah, I guess now it's not such a million to one shot or something. <laughs> Maybe it's uh, one in a million and a half or half a million. Yeah. <laughs> so <The> statistics <laughs> went down. <laughs> Even though Charlie nearly killed him, Sonny says he forgives forgives him. Oh. And he looks forward to being reunited with his dogs again. So, tough old guy here. Yeah. Oh. Uh, a total freak accident, though. Like, really. Uh, nothing... I, I don't know what you could do. Cause, I mean, you could yeah. put your gun in a different spot, put the, the casing... Put it in the case. That would help. Yeah. But you would never think that would happen. Yeah. But now I want to want to keep my gun a little further away from my dog from now yeah. on when I go out hunting. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't you you, you wouldn't have loaded either. You know, have one in the chamber. Yeah, you, you, you shouldn't have a one in the chamber while you're in the car. That's a good point. Yeah. So maybe it was his fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Dave, I know you have a story for us. Yeah. So why don't we let you tell it right now? Okay. So this one also took place on September 15th, the same as your first story. Um, This was uh, September 15th in Yellowstone. Oh, okay. Call back to our Yellowstone episodes. Yeah. There was an ear ear spring geyser erupted. Okay. Uh, And and it was was pretty neat. I got to see some of the footage of it just going off because they always, I guess they've got cameras all over the place there. But uh, afterwards, the rangers found... uh, Tons of trash laying around. <laughs> Apparently, the geyser had, or the, when the spring had erupted, it spit up all kinds of trash. From... Okay, I heard of this. A little <laughs> yeah, bit. yeah, all the way from the 1930s. They say what? Yeah, it, they spit up a cinder block, and then what? Yeah, weird stuff. I've and then I saw like they've had a table laid out of all these items, and they like they've they've got them labeled and everything. <laughs> Of all these items from yeah, like, just all from the eruption, time, that they or... found it. Yeah, because of people throwing 
trash in. Oh, and so I bet they did that more back then. Oh yeah, just threw a bunch of crap in there, and then <laughs> and then what? Sixty something or seventy, eighty years later, <laughs> it spits it out. Yeah, because it, spits it, it out. That's hadn't erupted for a long time. Okay, so. I see. So yeah, then it just—it's kind of like you know nature barfing it back up on. I wish it did it more often. If someone throws something where they shouldn't, nature would just, <laughs> just throw it back at them. <laughs> Yeah, like happy, you. like in Happy Gilmore when he puts the ball, <laughs> yeah, and he keeps spitting it back at him. Yeah. That should that should be the geysers in Yellowstone. Oh man, I hope it teaches us a lesson. But yeah, so anyway, I had a cinder block. They found like a plexi cup. You know, they found a pacifier from the 1930s. What? They say, yeah, that's nuts. It's crazy. All kinds of weird trash. They and then they found a, a beware of grizzly sign in there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so they're t- they're saying, hey, everyone. Quit throwing trash in. It's not really an attack. Everyone from the 1930s quit throwing trash in. Yeah, well, I'm sure it happens now. Probably a lot less. It's a little more restrictive. In the 30s, you could walk around in any area. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But it's not really an attack, but I'd say it's an attack on Mother Earth, and it's it's showing you. It's like, you killed me. No, No, but but yeah, I had that. They say uh, they had... Because, yeah, they say, st- be careful where you're throwing trash because it can end up in these and they can, yeah. it, plug, it can plug them up. So, like, you could make a geyser go dormant, not be able to function anymore. They had that happen. They had one that they had a spring that was touted as, um, and I guess it w- worked really well. It was um, as a very, very well cleansing spring. Okay. spring. So people would put, like, handkerchief. It was handkerchief spring, I think is what they called it. Put their handkerchiefs, things like that, to wash and mm-hmm. clean in. And you know they since because they do that they end up losing them they lose other trash yeah, leaving there. there yeah and it ended up plugging up the spring so it never it didn't it didn't you know, the springs and... mean there's there's constant yeah. water coming from the the earth or the ground and it plugged it up and stopped it went black like uh, the mm. Dead Sea kind of thing it's just trapped in there so they say you got to be careful with those things because it'll yeah. Yeah, don't throw the trash, trash do that stuff. in nature. Yeah. That's yeah, that's not pretty neat. That's not neat at all. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Good job, Dave. Yeah. Uh, that plays that plays with our theme most of this anyway. I mean, it doesn't have to be enamel. We play we covered Yellowstone already, so Yeah. Actually, Yellowstone is still besides our pilot episode, our Yellowstone episodes are our top viewed Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. For some it reason. is an interesting place. It's, yeah, it's super interesting. Yeah. And we're, we're going to cover more uh, national parks. And like I said, we're going to cover Kruger and we're going to cover all, we're going to cover everything. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right. So good job. Let's move on. Uh, this next story happened on October 8th and happens in a place we haven't been to yet. It happens in Tokyo, Japan. Ooh. Interesting, huh? Yeah. Well, it actually, it happens at the. Harakawa Zoological Park. So it's oh, at a, okay. it happens at a zoo. Uh, we meet a man named Akira Forahio. I, I, hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that was right. <laughs> Akira, I got that. Uh, he is 40 years old and he works. He's an employee at the zoo. I don't know his exact job title. Never specified. Oh, okay. Uh, and then we're also going to meet a 375-pound male white tiger. Wow. Named R- Riku. Riku, Riku, okay. R-I-K-U. Okay. Uh, Dave, if you remember our Siberian tiger episode, what mm. tiger species are white and can be white? Do you remember? Uh, shoot. Don't tell me. 
Well, we went no, over. It wasn't the Siberian. You, yeah, you remember you telling me it wasn't it Siberian. Wasn't, Siberian tigers do not so, have that I don't gene. Want to, I want to say, was it Bengal? Yeah, it was. Okay. Bengal tigers are the white tiger, okay. or they can be white. Okay. Uh, but they Bengal tiger, white Bengal tigers cannot live in the wild. They just it wouldn't doesn't work for them. They're Wait, camouflage. Oh, the white ones. Okay. Yeah, the white ones cannot live in the wild. Mm. Okay, and so, sidetrack real quick. Uh, also, we, we've recently found out that our Siberian Tiger episode, episode 7, isn't working. I oh, told yeah. you a little bit about it. Yeah. So, people can't listen to it right now. So, we are going to look into that and figure out what the problem is. Uh, I do know that it does work on Spotify. Okay. Episode 7 does work on Spotify, but it doesn't work on iTunes or Podbean or anything else right oh, now. So we're going to take, uh, we promise to take a look into that and fix it. Mm. All right. But back to the story. Zoo officials say they believe Akira was moving Raikou from his exhibit cage to its nighttime cage uh, okay. when the attack took place. Okay. No one saw the attack happen, so we don't know too much there. What we do know is that Akira was found bleeding from the neck and lying on the floor inside the tiger's cage when oh. he was found. Raikou was then sedated with the tranquilizer gun uh, so they could get to get to Akira to get him yeah. out. Uh, he was rushed to a hospital, but was later pronounced dead. Oh, wow. The zoo's director in a news conference said that he was saddened by the loss of his staff. He also said safety procedures at the zoo are designed in a way that keepers do not enter a cage for feeding or cleaning while animals are inside. Hmm. So something went wrong. Uh, yeah. so we, we just don't know. Police are investigating what happened and if proper safety measures were in place at the zoo as well. Hmm. But we just don't know what went wrong. Uh, you would think there was a camera. Yeah. But the nothing came out about it. In the several articles I read, there's nothing about a camera. So police are investigating. Um, also, the family of Akira requested that Raikou not be put down. Oh. So that's good. Yeah. And the zoo has no plans on doing that. Yeah. yeah it's, you know, it's sad, especially with the zookeepers. They grow such a bond with these animals. Yeah. And you know they already love them. Yeah. And so it's tough when... You know, the natural instincts kind of take they over with in. some of these animals. And, it could just yeah. be a one-time yeah. thing where they just gets to them. And, yeah. And then they, by the time they get they get out, snap out of it, they've already killed somebody. Yeah. The animal, even though they're friends. It's it's really, it's a tough one. Yeah. But, uh, again, we're going to we're gonna do a zoo attack episode soon. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that'll uh, be a good. One. I think I've said I'm that sure after every. Tons. Yeah, there's there's a lot. I think I've said that after every story. We're gonna have this episode <laughs> on this episode on that episode on everything. Hey, well, we're doing it. They're coming we're, out every will. week. All right, so this next story is going to be our last story of the episode, and it's my favorite. Uh, my dad actually told me about this story as well, hmm. and I had to. I had a hard time finding it. Oh yeah, I could not find it. Like I searched all day yesterday, could not find it, and then. I finally found it, and it was actually a really good article. There's a lot of good stuff in here. Oh, okay. So, and I think this story, this story is like it's it's kind of funny in ways too. Oh, but yeah? let's get to it. Okay. This story happened October 13th and takes place in Montana, 
just north of Yellowstone, actually. Okay. So Yellowstone coming up again. Let's meet Bob Lagara. He's 57, and he and a buddy are out elk hunting. Uh, They are moving in on some elk when they hear a growl. It was a two-year-old cub, and it's Mama. Oh. So Mama Grizzly Bear. The bears were only 12 yards away from him. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so the majority of this story is in Bob's own words. It's from an interview. So I'm just kind of mixing it, going into his words. Uh-huh. Uh, after the cub growled, it moved aside and Mama Bear charged. <laughs> Bob says, and I quote, I was hoping it was going to be a bluff charge. And halfway through, realized it was going to be the real deal. Oh, That's man. scary. Yeah. I can't think of it. many things scarier than Big Mama Bear Grizzly coming Gee. after you. 12, 12 yards away, you got no time to do anything. That's what wow. we're going to find out. Uh, but Mama Bear is on him in seconds. Bob didn't have time to get his bow up. He was bow hunting for the elk. Uh-huh. Or he was not able to get his bear spray out in time. Oh. He barely had time to put his arms in front of his face. Oh, man. The bear bites his hand and breaks a bone in his forearm. Ah. Also clawed his face, leaving a bloody gash across the bridge of the nose. Oh. That's what bears do. They'll go for the face. Yeah. All right. It's going to look like Tyrion Lannister. (laughs) Uh, Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, His buddy who is also a guide. His name is Greg Gibson. Uh, Greg discharged bear spray, and that allowed Mama Grizzly to let go of Bob. Mm. But Bob... (laughs) Bob pulled out his own bear spray, uh, and he went to spray it, but inadvertently sprays himself in the (laughs) face. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) I can just picture that. Just <laughs> spraying yourself in the face on accident. Sounds like the start of something where, uh, not the start, but where everything bad that's going to happen will happen directly to him. <laughs> well, that's not it. Oh, man. <laughs> so now Greg, the other guy, sprays the bear spray again, but this time the wind blows the mist right back oh, into his own face. Oh, 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 oh. So both men have been hit with their own bear spray. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and... Okay, so get this. Uh, I found this. Uh, three weeks earlier, the two men made a bear spray safety video for Greg's <laughs> website. <laughs> I don't think they got the message there. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I get how in the heat of the moment yeah. you're going to mess up, and I get that, but it's still funny. <laughs> yeah. Both guys spray themselves in the face. Yeah, it's not oh, like they man. sprayed each other. They accidentally sprayed themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so by all accounts, both of these men should be dead for their terrible aim. <laughs> uh, luckily for them, Mama Grizzly took off. <laughs> took pity on him. <laughs> took pity on him. It's like, these, these morons? <laughs> Uh, oh, but both men lay on the had to lay on the ground for a few minutes, you know, because they were blinded by bear spray. Oh, <laughs> they were just hoping that mom they couldn't see, hoping that mama bear isn't around them. Oh man! <laughs> uh, Bob says again, and I quote: 
I had blood in my eyes. I had bear spray in my eyes, and I couldn't see a damn thing. (laughs) He also says we were putting snow and water in our eyes to trying to get relief, trying anything. (laughs) Snow's cold, so uh, yeah, snow could help. I can see. It's not like you're doing anything. Anything that's going to feel better. <laughs> yeah, just, I just, two men lying, just like hoping that Mama Grizzly's not there. Oh, man. And the that's men, crazy. men were eventually able to get their eyesight back a little bit and they made their way back to their truck about 500 yards. They determined Bob's wounds were actually serious <laughs> <laughs> because they couldn't see him <laughs> until now. <laughs> Oh, man. All the way back to the truck. Say, Bob, I think those are serious now. (laughs) Now that they can see. So they cleaned up his wounds a bit and made a splint for his arm. Then they drove to a hospital. (laughs) Or he walks up. Whoa, what the heck happened to your arm? (laughs) A bear, you idiot. (laughs) You probably didn't even see see how he was attacked or what's wrong with him for a while. I just see it pink everywhere. <laughs> but uh, Bob was operated on, and he had to have a few surgeries. Oh, wow. He was able to leave the hospital three days after the attack. Oh, wow. Hey. So, yeah, he's doing okay. And yeah. after all this, Bob doesn't think the experience has put him off hunting. But he says he will be more cautious <laughs> and hopefully practice his bear spray techniques. <laughs> No more, more safety videos. More videos. <laughs> I don't know if his safety videos are going to help anybody out. I just thought that was like uh, the best part of it. Uh, three weeks ago, they made a safety video and they both spray themselves in the face. Saturday Night Live can't even write this. That's that would be crazy. That'd be a good. That could be a good skit for something or like in a comedy movie. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> All right. So well, those guys made my day. <laughs> that was a good. One. Uh, yeah. My dad told me about that story. <laughs> that was. I thought it was funny, so I had to find it. Oh, man. Glad I did. All right, so, Dave, that is going to wrap up our stories. I hope you and the listeners were entertained and enjoyed these stories. I certainly (laughs) did. All right, so for next week, I'm very excited about this one. We are going to talk about the world-famous hunter known as Jim Corbett. Mm. I think we will talk about him and as well as a story of him hunting a man-eating tiger. Nice. Yeah, you've been talking about him for a while. I, this, yeah, this was it's one of the good one. These man-eating tigers and leopard stories that we're gonna get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, these were like the inspiration of starting this podcast. Oh, right on. I wanted to wait. I I sat on it and waited until we. I feel like we actually got better and kind of know what we're doing now a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah. so I wanted we're to not, wait. We're not spraying bear spray in our <laughs> in our eyes now. <laughs> but yeah, so I wanted to wait on that, and so I'm really excited about this episode. Uh, I've been reading his book, so we've got some good stuff. It's going to be a good episode. And after that, I'm thinking we might we're going to do a solo episode where we cover one animal. I'm even I'm thinking kangaroos. Oh, okay. So we we might do that. We'll let you know next week. And I, I've got like twenty or I've got the next like ten things written down. I mean, there's all subject to change, of course, but we're going to do that. We're going to do um, a zoo stories, and I'm thinking okay. we could do a two parter. And the first one we could cover history of zoos. Okay. I thought about that last night. Now, that sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know much about that. So it's, uh, we'll, we'll, I think we'll do that. We'll okay. find out. Right on. 
So everyone, after we go through our closing lines and after the music, after the music, keep listening. And we were, we we're going to add Dave's <laughs> Halloween voice acting stuff. It's, it's really funny and it's only a few minutes long. So definitely stay tuned after everything and listen to it. But uh, also we have a few shout outs to give. So we want to say thank you, Taylor Tay. Taylor Tay. She says, uh, she says she's having fun learning about animals and our stories. Right on. And she gave her review on iTunes, so thank you. And also, we have a second one. We want to thank Lucas. Lucas! He says we have great information that keeps him entertained. And he gave his review on Facebook. Right so on. thank you, Taylor and Lucas, and we greatly appreciate it. And if you... if. Anybody else hasn't given us a review yet, please do so. Go to iTunes, give us five stars, say something nice. If you don't use iTunes, then go over to our Facebook and leave one there. Or, you know what, leave us feedback anywhere. Yeah. We we love to hear it. And also, remember, if you or someone you know has a cool animal-related story you'd like to share, maybe you came across a cool story that you don't think we know about, uh, feel free to send it to us. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, if you just want to say hi, ask me and Dave a question or something, go for it. You can email us at forceofnaturepod at gmail.com. Uh, also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, Dave, I, I, I say this, I've said this several weeks in a row. I will get to going on okay. Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're available on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, all, all the ones that we should be on. And I also want to give a shout out to our buddy. Check out the Sports Project podcast with our good friend Breck Snyder. He was on a few episodes ago. Yeah. So check his podcast out. Uh, anything to add, Dave? No, covered every, I think we've covered everything we need to do. Yeah. All right. But remember, stay tuned after the music ends and listen to Dave. This is the Force of Nature podcast. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends. Be a part of building us up. And we will see you next week. Bye. Hey, kid, who do you think looks better, me or Harold? We're ghosts. They can't even see us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we know who got all the brains. We're ghosts. We don't have any brains. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
Boo! Uh, you scared me. You're not supposed to get scared. You're a ghost. Well, ghosts get scared, too. What could possibly scare a ghost? Uh, insurance salesman? Uh, where? <laughs> What's the matter, kids? Don't speak ghoul? Well, I do. Well, what did he say? Hmm. Let's see. Larry, do you have something to say to the trick-or-treaters? Well, okay, Harold. What did he say? He said, uh, well, 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 uh, well, well. Well, w wait a second. What are you talking about? <gasps> He's saying someone fell down a well. You don't speak, ghoul. <coughs> oh, gesundheit. <coughs> hey, kids. Don't eat candy. <laughs> You'll turn out like Larry over here. <coughs> yeah, he used to be a normal human being. Till he ate too much candy. Well, there he goes again. Well, isn't that how you got here? You ate too much candy? So, Larry, how did you get like this? <gasps> you fell down a well. Gesundheit.